0: talk with you about today. I want to talk with you on the thought, do you feel distant from God? Um, Have you ever been in a season, maybe you're there right now, where you want to pray in your heart, you know you need to pray, but he feels so far away, you can't get yourself to pray. God feels so far. Um, is anyone here? Ever, actually, let me ask you this way. Does anyone here have a friend who's gone through that before? <laughs> you have a friend. None of us have ever been there, but you have a friend that's, that's been there before. Um, there was uh, several years ago. I don't know. It was probably 10 years ago. Uh, there was this guy doing Verizon commercials and, um, and, and this was, that's what he looked like. Say out loud on three what he used to say in the commercial. One, two, three. Can you hear me now? Hear me now? That's exactly right. Can you hear me now? The, they were marketing geniuses. It's been 10 years, and we remember the Can you hear me now guy. Well, the only one smarter than Verizon was his next employer. Who's he working for now? Verizon. <laughs> i love it so for years he's working for verizon he's like can you hear me now can you hear me now and now the same guy is working for sprint and he's like okay you remember everything i used to say forget about all that let me tell you about this new company named sprint this is these are my favorite so i feel like that should be illegal like you can't wear red and black and then all of a sudden wear yellow. Like no, you can do anything you want, but you can't. You can go sell snow cones for all I care. You cannot go work for that's illegal. Obviously, it's not. Um, but here's my thought on that. He was with Verizon and now he's saying I I got something better and I feel like in the world of Christianity with your walk with God, you go through seasons where. It's like you're really passionate about God, and then all of a sudden he feels a million miles away, and so instinctively, you kind of depart from praying and kind of look for something a a little better, with more instant gratification. I want something right now, you're taking way too long, and plus you feel so far away, and and the, the relationship begins to build distance. So I want to springboard into this thought with an A.W. Tozer quote. You are as close to God as you want to be. Every man is as close to God as he wants to be. Just know that in your heart. As close as you are right now is a reflection of how close you've wanted to be up until this point right now. If you want to be closer to Him, you can be. And so when we accept this reality, this truth, that God will never leave us or forsake us, then we have to back up and say, well, the distance, it must be on my side. Because if God is still there, and let me just say this, let me see if I can can illustrate this. Come on up here, um, Pastor Dwayne, and let me see if I can illustrate this. And so, just for the sake of it, let's say I'm Jesus, okay? And I'm this close. We have a relationship like this. Now, all of a sudden, Dwayne decides that he's going to stop coming to church, and he's going to go live a different kind of lifestyle other than Christianity. And so he's going to walk away. The good Jesus does. Now he decides, I want to go back to church. I miss him. See, Jesus never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He doesn't say, okay, you've been too bad. You're, gonna, you're done. He doesn't do that. But the distance that you're feeling, thank you, the distance that you're feeling is the same kind of distance that you can be feeling with somebody and if you're married, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you can be laying in bed with someone and they feel like a stranger. So proximity has no reflection on the level of intimacy. Let me give you this illustration. How many of you remember those pickup trucks where there's not two bucket seats, there's just a bench that goes all the way across? You know what I'm talking about? So I read about this couple, they've been married for years and years, and the the man was driving the truck, and uh, the woman, the wife, was sitting by the door, and she said, honey, do you remember when we first got married, how you'd put your arm around me while you drove? And he looked at her and said, yes, I remember that. And she goes, well, what do you think about that? And he goes, well, I haven't moved. (laughs) I'm still sitting right where I was. You know, you're the one who, who scooted across to the other side of the truck. See, the reality is God has never moved. He, will, he, is, he is up in your mix. He is right here. And every once in a while, you can kind of feel him kind of tug your heart, poke your heart, cross your mind. You will feel him. But the intimacy that you're looking for, the relationship that you desire, that is all on you. It is all on me. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 17 says, I love those who love me and those who seek me, they will find me. So let's back up and let's just say, do a little personal inventory because I've been there a lot too. I have these moments where he feels far and I have this four checklist box, this box of of checklists that I kind of go through to ask myself, are any one of these out of balance or need to be corrected? And the first one is this, do I need to repent for anything? Do I need to ask God to forgive me for anything? Because the closer you are to him, the less you get away with. Let let me illustrate it this way. A couple years ago, I was out in the lobby and uh, this guy came up to me. He was new to the church. He had just been one or two times. And he comes up to me and he goes, preacher, you effing crushed it today. And he goes, he's pointing at the Bible. He goes, this is effing good. And he goes, and another thing, I was like, I got it. 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 He, he has no idea. You can't take effing and the Bible and put it together. They, they just don't. It's. Are you with me? Say yes. yes. You just can't do that. It's like they don't go, they don't go together. As, as he begins to continue his relationship with God, the Holy Spirit will find a creative way to bring to him his heart about profanity see in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 it says do not let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth so effing would be in that category (laughs) except what gives grace strength encouragement to the person listening and so as he continues he's getting away with it right now like the preacher's like I think angels are like oh boy here we go you know (laughs) I think all of heaven is laughing. Honestly. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I, but as he continues his relationship with the Lord, I, that becomes less and less acceptable. And so if I have something that I need to ask God to forgive me for, the distance that I'm feeling with God is wrapped around that issue. There's an elephant in the room. Right? Here's the second thought. Maybe it's not a forgiveness that I need to talk to the Lord about. Maybe it's time for me to go on a fast. How many of you have been fasting with the church? Raise your hand. Now aren't you happy the fast is over at midnight tonight? Thank the Lord. So you go, I think Dairy Queen is open about that time, so just. But I know when I feel distant from God, and it happens to me all the time. It's not like it used to happen 10 years ago. It happens all the time. But when it does happen, instantly I go through this checklist. And the first thing is, do I need to apologize to Andy? Do I need to ask forgiveness for anything? The next thing is this. I back up and I I go, okay, I'm going to go on a fast. Because I know if I don't eat food for one day, two days, me and God are going to get right back on track. And I know that because I'm going to look at something, I'm going to be hungry and I'm going to tell the Lord, I'm more hungry for your presence than I am for that meatball sandwich. And after you do that two or three times, your spirit begins to take its rightful place and your flesh begins to get weaker. Sometimes your flesh is just too strong. That's good. That's true. So you back up and say, I'm going to go on a fast because that's going to get me right back on track. The next thing I'll go on to is, how's my prayer life going? How's my prayer life? It's interesting when you begin to read scriptures and you start realizing that God promises, he promises to hear you. It's in Jeremiah 33, I think it's in three. It says, call out to me and I will hear you. And I will tell you things that you don't know. He's saying, call out to me. Sometimes I'm like, am I praying? Then here's the last, the fourth one. If I am praying, is there any fervency in it? James 5.16 says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Some of the moments that I have with God are not with eloquent words. They're with passionate words. They're like, Jesus, I need you. I want you. I need you. It's, it's, it's My heart is crying out. It's not my words waxing eloquent. I need your presence. Or it's, I just want to say, thank you. Thank you. Uh, You know, um, I've got some pictures of uh, some girls that uh, my wife and I adopted through Compassion International. And um, uh, I I found out uh, what their living situation was. And... um, That's uh, Talita and Taina, And uh, it took me, just so you guys know, it took me like two and a half months or two months to figure this out. Calling a friend who had 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 a friend friend to find some American person that was close to them. And um, I found them. And that's their family. And um, that's their roof. That's their house. And um, I found a guy that went up there, and that's him. I haven't even met him in person. He's a friend of a friend. You guys know how that goes. But he walks up to her, and he, he FaceTimes with her. And there she is. She's crying while I'm talking to her. And I'm telling her through the interpreter We needed one friend. We needed one mutual friend. It took us a while to find them. But now everything's going to change. And before you flip to the next picture, you can see that that hose wrapped around a tree. That's their water. And those wires is their electricity. Anyone here who sponsors a child through compassion, you are the only Source of income they have that they can rely on, so feel feel that that um, satisfaction. But I was able to to get her money through this guy and show that next picture. Um, this was she sends cupboards full of food. She's taking pictures of of the food. What's the next picture? Um, All excited. Why am I sharing that with you? Is because once you begin to realize that your assignment in life is not to try to figure out how much you can get, see, what you get helps you live. What you give makes you come alive. So and so you walk around. <laughs> and you realize that you're the vessel. You're the vessel. And every morning you wake up, you're looking. You're like, all right, God. It's, it's, this isn't, I'm not, I'm not in Brazil. I'm not in Cambodia. I'm like, I'm in spring, Okay. But put me on assignment. Put something in me and he will let your eyes lock with eyes who's empty. And you will just have the right thing to say and they will, you can just pour right into them. And you'll feel it. You'll know God is speaking through you. And you just go to, the, you're just, now it's, you go to lunch. You're walking to Chipotle. <laughs> you look at the cashier and you just, you'll just know what nice thing to say. And you just go from assignment to assignment. This is, this is why we live. When we wake up and we say, God, I need you to just put some... I want, this is all I want to do with my life. Fill me like a vessel. That's his plan for you. That's what he says. Let me read this verse to you. It reads like this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable... He will be a vessel for honorable use. If you're willing to detach yourself from sinful things, if you're willing to push your way from it, the Lord says, I am going to now make you a vessel of honorable use. I'm going to pour myself into you, not so you can have a lot of me. I'm going to pour myself into you so that you can pour yourself out. See, there is something very powerful about coming to God and asking for mercy and grace. Mercy is please forgive me for my sins. Grace is help me to stop doing it. Have you ever done the same thing over and over again? like, God, I've asked for forgiveness like 7,000 times for the same exact thing. That's when we need grace. God, give me the grace and help me because I've got a vision for something far greater. Let me uh, share a few more thoughts on this topic on revolving around him feeling distant. Sometimes you have to look at the Lord and say, will you help me love you? I want you to help me love you. See, sometimes... You want to love him in your head. You want to love him, but you're not feeling any affection towards him. He still feels far. In those moments, you back up and say, will you help me love you? And you go, is that even biblical? Absolutely it is. Romans 5, 5. Watch this. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Allie, come up here real quick. Uh, This is my wife, Allie. Come on up here. Give her a round of applause. So this is what God does with all of you. He takes the Holy Spirit, God, and says, Holy Spirit, pour my love into Allie. Pour it in there. And so it comes, I'm not going to dump this on you for real. but (laughs) And begins to pour the love into Allie's heart. So now, hold that, Allie's now walking around with the love of God in her heart. That doesn't mean she gets to walk around and have a wonderful life. Now, she's looking come up here real quick yes yeah yeah, you're you're, you're perfect now while she's walking around Allie is walking around with the love of god in her heart not so she can enjoy her life but when she makes eye contact and with not the holy spirit will click it right in here and he, she begins, now go ahead and dump it on I'm <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. And begins to pass it on. But the wonderful thing about giving it, the only way to get more is to give what you have. That's good. You can't get more unless you're giving what you have. Sometimes we back up and we're like, God, give me more. And God's like, you can't take any more. Because... You're not giving what I've given you. The more you give, the more he gives. The more you share, the more he reveals. You guys can go ahead and sit down. Thank you so much. Give these wonderful people. Um, I'm going to close with this last thought. Um, Let me make sure I have the address right. Ephesians 3.18, Paul was talking to the church of Ephesus and he goes, you know, I pray for you. He goes, but but when I pray for you, I have a specific prayer that I pray for you. And, And this prayer, I just want you to know, I prayed over you this morning while I was in my office. Before the sun came up, I was in my office praying this morning. And this prayer is such a powerful prayer because a lot of times we're trying to look at God through a keyhole. And because we can't see all of who He is, we can't love Him because we're not aware of Him. And so when we back up and we say help me love you I can only see just a little part of you I'm trying to love you I know now here's the prayer this is what Paul says Ephesians 3:18 He goes I pray that you would have the power The Holy Spirit has to give you this you can't do this on your own The power To no longer look through a keyhole to see God. That's the Frankie International interjection, international version. I'm praying that you no longer can only see a piece of God. Now this is what Paul says. It's my prayer that you have the power just as all of his children should have to know how, why, and how long, and how, how tall, and how deep his love is for you. Because if you knew how much he loved you, if you could feel his, if you could be aware of his love, if you could do, oh, it would wreck you. It would wreck you. It would consume you. You would have no problem laying things down that are slowing you down. You would have no problem devoting your whole life because now you're aware of what's always been there. Now you're aware of how much He loves you. Now you're aware of how, how thick Love is. Uh, How many of you have ever flown into somewhere uh, where the weather is the opposite of Houston? Like like Vancouver, Canada, or um, Colorado, or or (laughs) Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raise your hand if you've ever flown into a city where it's the exact opposite of humidity, right? Raise your hand. For those of you that your hand isn't raised, my heart hurts for you. Because there's, there's air. Other places that you can breathe. It, you can actually walk from your car to your house without needing to take a shower. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes Houston is so humid, you can lose weight just by walking to your car. Just you're just sweaty and sticky and funky and 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 then when the plane I sometimes I go visit Allie's family in, in Vancouver and I'm walking off the plane into that what's that tunnel called Is jetway called a jetway when you're walking off the plane you go into this tunnel the thing that goes and sticks onto the plane that, is it a jetway all right, you know what I'm talking about, even whatever the name is. And so you're walking off the plane and that cool air is coming through the cracks of this tunnel. And you walk out and you breathe it in and go, it's like, "Oh, wow, that's nice." That is nice. Then you're there for a couple of days or whatever and then you come back to Houston and the exact opposite happens. You're in the plane, you're walking out of the plane, you breathe in that smoke it's like, <laughs> You're like welcome home in a moment in a moment you can feel the atmosphere in a moment you can feel what's happening in a moment why am I telling you that your relationship with the Lord means so much to God that you know right now if you're close or you're distant. You know. You can't see them, but you know. Uh, tell, me, tell me that's not unbelievable. You know. And not only do you know but God has set up his relationship with you to where you can be as close to him as you want to be you know what keeps me awake at night is D.L. Moody said this world has never seen what God will do with a person who's completely devoted to him The invitation is open to all of us. The world has never seen what God would do with a person who's completely devoted. We can be as close to him as we want to. I hope that something in this inspires you to passionately pursue the presence of God and then watch everything else fall into place.